0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Woodstock, Georgia, it's time for Cherokee Business Radio. Now, here's your host.
1: Welcome to Cherokee Business Radio. Stone Peyton here with you this morning, and today's episode is brought to you in part by Alma Coffee, sustainably grown, veteran-owned, and direct trade, which means, of course, from seed to cup, There are no middlemen. Please go check them out at MyAlmaCoffee.com and go visit their roastery cafe at 3448 Holly Springs Parkway in Canton. Ask for Harry or the brains of the outfit, Leticia, and tell them that Stone sent you. You guys are in for such a real treat this morning. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast. First up on today's edition of Cherokee Business Radio with Genesis Center for Optimal Living, Dr. Tom Graham. Good morning, sir. Good
2: morning. How's it going?
1: It is going well. I, uh, we've been looking forward to this for some weeks now. I've really uh have kind of envisioned us having this conversation for a, a few reasons that may come to light as uh as our discussion unfolds but uh you and i i think we initially connected at maybe woodstock business club or why one of these local business organizations that we're so fortunate to, to have here in this community am i remembering that right
2: yep um i believe i originally met you uh the why and then uh later on at woodstock business club so
1: so, incidentally, uh, why Pow? Uh, the why and why Pow stands for young. <laughs> why they let me participate in that group, I don't know, but I am so fortunate.
2: It's your heart—that's
1: <laughs> I, I am. I am young at heart. All right, Doctor Tom, uh, tell us a little bit about mission, purpose, uh, with your work, with your practice. What are you really out there trying to do for folks?
2: Well, um, I'll start with just my purpose statement. I feel that gives. A lot of clarity to what we kind of do in this uh, crazy rock we call Earth. So, my purpose is to uh, elevate humanity's consciousness through personal growth and development. Utilizing inspiration, education, and opportunity.
1: I, f- I feel like you've answered that question before.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe once or twice.
1: That's, that was very articulate, very, very eloquent. All right, so say more. So,
2: so ultimately, uh, my my place on this earth is to try to get people thinking clear, trying to elevate their choices, and then also creating education. Uh, hopefully, inspire people with things like this uh, radio show, and then of course. Uh, create opportunity where someone could go better their mind, better their life, their health. Um, What's the next step for you in your evolution, ultimately?
1: So let's do that. Let's talk about optimal health, because I'm operating under the impression you probably have a very distinct uh, frame of reference definition for that, and maybe in in the course of that same discussion, maybe a little bit about, you know, what is disease in your mind?
2: Well... It all starts in the the root of the word dis ease, ah. so <laughs> disease is literally the lack of ease in a body. So, um, chiropractic uh, on a on a I'll say historic level has uh, looked at health a lot different than let's say many Western medicines, and they look at disease as essentially. Things that you come across in your surroundings, your environment, things like that, that ultimately your brain can't fully process. And with time, that create, starts to create resistance or the lack of ease in a system or the lack of flow in an energetic system. So that, at the, at the uh, end of it all, like disease is essentially these things you can't process, finding resistance in your body. And with time, that usually ends up creating dysfunction. Disease, Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. And so optimal health is in your mind, the, the other end of that continuum or the the,
2: exactly. So, so health is, is very much a spectrum on one side of health. You have optimal health means that, uh, you know, all the cells in your body are doing their appropriate function. Your organs are, are giving back all the cells in the body have right communication flow. And essentially that would be, Things are regenerating with you uh, at, your, at your prime. There's, there's guys even today that, you know, 100 years old are running marathons. And what, wow. what's possible for one is possible for all. It's a, matter of, it's a matter of the steps you take to actually achieve that and how you can essentially create uh, more ease throughout the system.
1: So, in our admittedly pretty cursory conversations, you have mentioned on more than one occasion uh brain and nervous system, and this is a this is a very important aspect of of your practice. Can you speak more to that
2: absolutely so um, the brain and nervous system is really what I focus on at genesis um, as as chiropractors um, ultimately, like I said, the body is all energetic flow and the brain and nervous system is the the key system it's also the master control center kind of like the computer of the the whole body so if the computer can't connect to the part right the part is going to start malfunctioning
1: i love these stone level descriptions i know it's helpful for me and i think it's probably helpful for the listeners thank you yeah keep going yeah
2: so if, if you can't get full communication to all the cells in the body, essentially, uh, that's what starts the, the process of disease or dysfunction. Hmm. So the brain and nervous system, right, all runs through the spinal cord. So those that have seen chiropractors of any sort, generally, they're working with your spine somehow. That's because 90% of all your nervous system essentially is between your head and your tailbone. It happens all through that core layer. And when that starts to dysfunction, twist, the spine and and the body start to twist, distort, things like that, the level of communication that goes to those cells, goes to your different organs and tissues, starts to minimize. And now the cells don't know how to react to the rest of the body. They're not getting all the right information, right? So if you've been on a phone call with someone, you can only hear 50% of the conversation. You try to get to Woodstock, they end up in Alabama, right? (laughs) Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: So um, I, I think most of us lay people already understand there's probably a little bit of a departure from the, the, the art and science of chiropractic versus traditional Western medicine. But I get the sense that there's a little bit of a departure
0: in, in,
1: um, in your path, your approach to chiropractic than maybe what we might describe as traditional chiropractic. Is that accurate?
2: Um. I will. I will actually correct you slightly. Okay, I, I, it happens to
1: me all the time. My wife Holly does that <laughs> a lot. I.
2: I <laughs> am actually what you would consider a traditional chiropractor. Okay, because this is the philosophy that that the profession was tr- truly founded on. Okay, right. It it uses principles. We even have something in the. Uh, chiropractic profession called the 33 principles. Some of them are talking about universal principles. Some of them talk about biologic principles, but when you add all those together, essentially you come up with a very clean framework about how someone can go about their life, starting to make better decisions and starting to up the game. Right. Mm -hmm. So universal principle, number one, there's an intelligence that exists through all of matter universally so whether it's in the table the chair our bodies in this microphone the computer there's some sort of intelligence that holds atoms together some sort of intelligence that uh, allows stuff to stay operating Mm -hmm. i'm not that smart to know what that intelligence is but i can observe it every day all the time right oh yeah so another one would be time uh principle number six is all processes require time right you can see it easily observable principle that you could basically demonstrate over and over and over and over again, right? So when you, when you take that approach um, using principles as far as how you start facilitating someone's health journey um, at, the, at the end of the day, as long as those principles are true, <laughs> then, then, <laughs> then absolutely you're going to end up uh, at, at much higher gains in your life and function. So right. that traditional chiropractic takes that approach. Western medicine um, has has started to integrate with a lot of chiropractic, and
1: much it, more so than in re- than in you know a decade back. Right? It was not so much back then. Yeah.
2: It. I would say it. it really. Yeah. Uh, it really started in the late seventies and eighties is okay. when when uh, insurance got involved more with the profession. Um, diagnosis, things like that. So a lot of the profession took on more of a Western medical uh, allopathic treatment protocol versus Mm -hmm. principles of living. Does so that make sense?
1: Yeah. Well, so far, <laughs> I got lots of other questions. I, yep. I, there's just so much I don't know about so much, but particularly this domain, uh, I'm not going to run out of questions. <laughs> we'll just have to have you guys back. Uh, all right. We're going to dive more yeah, into that because I really do. I, it, it fascinates It fascinates me, and I'm on my own personal health journey right now that, uh yeah, you know, it's my show, so I'm going to talk about that a little bit too in a little while, but uh, you brought somebody with you. Tell us about who you who you brought with you, man. Let this team up.
2: He's he's like uh, my brother from another mother. We we <laughs> met uh, later on in chiropractic school. We basically look like twins. Yes, um, you do. But, you should start yeah. your
1: own <laughs> cult or something.
2: I don't know own. It's a uh, endeared friend of mine, um, fellow fraternity <laughs> brother in the chiropractic professional fraternity, and. Um, doctor or soon to be doctor zach connor he'll be graduating and starting practice in uh michigan in december is when his departure from from georgia happens but
1: all right welcome to the show zach
3: thank you it's great to be here
1: yeah so uh you can see it now the light at the end of the tunnel you're gonna you're gonna get your credentials and then you're making a bold move out of the box here You're, you're leaving sunny Georgia and going to Michigan.
3: Yeah, yeah. My uh, my better, more beautiful half and her family are up there, and uh, it's going to be exciting north of Detroit, Macomb County, somewhere in that area.
1: So when and how did you make the decision to pursue this path? Because, uh, I mean, you're a good-looking, strapping, young, healthy guy. You could have been a lot of things, right? You could have been an Army man, bus driver. <laughs> I'll explain that to our audience here in a little bit. <laughs>
3: it's almost as if you've known me very exactly. Back. Yeah, so I uh, I was in the Navy for a while, and um, I was going to get out of the Navy because they treated me nice, and it went well. But it, you know, as far as people tell me what to do every day, I was kind of getting sick of that. And I threw <laughs> this Hail Mary, which is basically um, – I'll re-enlist if I get this job. And it's not like I had pool. I didn't have leverage like that. I just got lucky and I got it. And they call it cake duty. And it's just an intentionally easy job that somebody has to do. And I happened to be that guy. So I had too much free time, basically. And uh, just spent my time out in San Diego researching and, and exploring. Really fell in love with philosophy uh, and you know ancient Egyptian philosophy and anything that had to do with base principles and stacking of awarenesses and understandings. And, uh, then I got out of the Navy and just played for probably way too long and, uh, worked in the service industry, got into bartending and met, you know, cool, interesting people like Tom, Dr. Tom here, um, and just got, kept talking philosophy. And one day my, um, my neck was messed up from a fall. And I was like, you know, I can crack my own neck. And and I was actually at work bartending, and I went to crack my own <laughs> neck and made it way worse. Uh, went, ended up going to a local chiropractor, Dr. Bobby Braille. He's still in uh, Marietta practicing. And he spit the philosophy at me, and it hit me, like, deeply because I'm like, wow, this is an application of these fundamental truths that I've been studying for all these years. Because I wasn't specifically studying the body, but the fundamental truths are represented in the body. And so it was just this, um, beautiful union. And ever since then, it's been nothing but a a reaffirmation. You know, it's, um, it's very affirmed. This is where I'm supposed to be.
1: So both of you, and I'd like for both of you to speak to this. So you, um, you've got your credential, you're out doing your thing, Dr. Tom, Zach, you, you got your whole life ahead of you with this. And you both also, now you got to, you're business people. So, that's, I mean, that's a whole other domain of expertise and angst, and, <laughs> and I don't know what. Uh, but I'll start with you, Dr. Tom. Tell us a little bit about that, like becoming a business person, things you, you found exciting, things that didn't maybe go so well, challenges, rewards. What, what was that like?
2: Well, uh, I'm still learning every day. <laughs> and I, I definitely uh didn't go to business school for 15 years. Yeah. I uh, that was a, a rude awakening but but uh ultimately it's it's that stepping stone for for helping other people. So uh even even through the stuff uh you know i don't absolutely fall in love with doing at the end of the day it's become worth it because you get to help more people, make good connections, everything like that. Um but yeah, the business the business side of uh the business side of things has definitely been a learning curve just because um, th- there's a lot of aspects to it you you're the you're wearing all the hats right 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 out the bat as well of course uh you know starting on a uh, on a student budget i'll say uh don't have the the finances mm-hmm. to hire people and stuff like that so so yeah um it's it's been definitely a learning curve but enjoyable.
1: So, so far, how does the whole sales and marketing thing work for a guy like you, a practice like you, are you out there shaking the bushes? Are you creating really important relationships with other people in that, in the health ecosystem? How are you getting the new business?
2: So, uh, most recently it's been a lot of business to business connections, honestly, doing networking, stuff like that. Um, Besides that, though, but I'll say before, I did a whole rebranding process for about a year out of my office and everything like that, um, and was basically just word of mouth. So yeah. luckily, when you're good at what you do, uh, people do uh, sing your praises, which I'm grateful for. So, so yeah, in that process, it's just been uh, keeping me floating and, and uh, uh, going forward, I'll say. And outward. then now that I've actually got rebranded completely and everything, doing a lot more um, actual personal outreach, doing health talks, um, education is mm-hmm. definitely one of the the pillars as far as uh, making a sustainable practice, especially especially a model like this, um, because you're not looking for the the one time neck neck pain uh, pop or whatever. Really, it's uh, showing people that health is a journey. And showing them that chiropractic uh, can be part of their brain and neurology uh, piece of that, just like nutrition is, you know, a piece of that as well. Exercise is a piece of that big journey.
1: So are you finding that you're educating different uh, groups of people, like lay people like me who may need and and, and want to to, um, be clients of yours, but other practitioners in other domains? Like, are you educating doctors or, or people who are nutritionists, are you educating them as well so that you can, yeah?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm always, always uh, an advocate for reaching out to other businesses in the health realm because my office, brain, nervous system, that's it. Mm. Right? I can make recommendations of, of supplements and stuff like that, but really, that's not my forte. That's not what I, right. I do in office. So I want people, if you want to lose some weight, I have a couple people I can call up. Oh, I got the person for you. Or if you want to go get in better shape, yep, I got the person from you for you. You need a massage? Yep, I got a person for you. So having that uh, trusted network of people is absolutely um, part of my business model. Maybe eventually down the road, I'll get to a place where I can have it all under one roof, but uh, right oh, now, that could be cool but right now i yeah. I, I love love the thought of just uh, taking care of people's uh, brain nervous system and and loving yeah
1: yeah, okay <laughs> Zach, um, you, you got to get out there and, and run a business here before too long. Are there some things you're doing? Now to to prep for that because you don't want to just land a mission and go oh gosh I got to do something right so you doing some stuff now
3: yeah so right now I'm I'm collecting resources essentially and um I've been mentor shopping the whole time I've been in school and so ah. I've been finding more and more uh, successful people that are willing to, willing to help out. And luckily I've got my, uh, again, my more beautiful half, Fiona Gallagher, her father, Terrence Gallagher is a successful businessman who's opened many chiropractic offices in Michigan. And he's willing to help us out on the coaching of the business into things.
1: Nice.
3: And so from what I've heard that, you know, whether it's a, an organization that's you pay a certain amount of money a month, or you do a full on franchise, having some type of coaching and mentoring is really where it's at. And so, um, and I'm going to be pulling from as many resources as I can. So that's a long way to answer. I've got a lot to do (laughs) 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 and and I've, I've done a lot of step one and, uh, stepping into step two shortly. So uh, yeah, making preparations. Yeah.
1: So let's shift gears a little bit. I'm going to ask you first, uh, Zach, but could you speak to, to some of the misconceptions that a layperson like, like myself might have about this whole field of chiropractic or about, uh, you know, wellness in, in general? Are, are, there, are there some patterns that you see over and over? You know, like if you get in a conversation with a layperson, you almost are, can be assured this topic is going to come up and you're going to do your best to kind of nudge them in a direction.
3: Yeah. Um, so bartending gives me an opportunity to practice communicating chiropractic oh. to the lay person. And I've actually found, and I don't think lay is derogatory, right? Just the non like chiropractic person. I found that it's easier to communicate chiropractic to people who have no exposure to chiropractic or mm. minimal exposure to chiropractic than it is to people who feel like they've had a lot of exposure to it. Um, and then, and then maybe didn't have a good experience, you know, um, chiropractic works. It's just that, um, some chiropractic works better. <laughs> uh, and, <laughs> and so maybe they were at a, um, an office that worked, but maybe, um, didn't work enough or, or they just, the communication maybe wasn't there. Um, Cause sometimes when the healing process kicks in areas of the body that have dimmed down a little bit um, because of, p- to prevent further injury, part of that would be maybe even the pain signals have turned down. And so as we go through this healing journey, one of the things that might happen is the pain might actually increase or start in a new area that it wasn't. But as long as we see that it's changing That's how we know the body's adapting. And so the difference there in in the communication is – The process of healing shows adaptation and the process of dis-ease and sickness shows a pattern. And so even though we may have something new arise in the initial stages of the healing process, that's still gauged and we can tell that you're on a healing journey. So communication like that, and I know a real common one that comes up when I'm talking to people about it is um, imagine a guitar. But imagine that the guitar is a self-tuning guitar with artificial intelligence. And now imagine it gets kind of stuck And then it just needs a little nudge so it can continue its process of auto-tuning. And so we are like a third-party perspective, and we can see areas the bodies have just gotten stuck. And they just need a little nudge. You know, humans weren't made dependent on chiropractors, but we have had a... interesting you know 150 or 200 i mean we've had an interesting time with the industrial revolution going into the early 1900s you know we're sitting all the time we're stressed out we got blue lights we're on 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 naturally flat surfaces and so the body gets overwhelmed and chiropractors are there to assist the body in doing what it's already doing so um, those are a few of the things that kind of come up in the just regular person conversation
1: yeah so same question for you dr tom um and are there different um, what's the right word techniques approaches to this business of chiropractic? And if so, can you kind of lay them out for us a little bit?
2: Yeah. Um. So so absolutely. Um. There's over the, over 350 techniques. Oh my. Of, of chiropractic, <laughs> believe it or not. Holy moly! But different different techniques uh, use different approaches end of the day, all chiropractors, um, whether you're traditional or, or uh, more modernized and everything like that, generally are looking for some sort of increase in neurology and brain function. Mm-hmm. So you could be um, taking x-rays. So they have just, let's say, specifically x-ray based approaches where they're trying to get your, your curves and your spine back to normal because there's a ton of science showing that when people's curves in their spine are normal. They have less pain, symptoms, and mm-hmm. disease, right? So some versions of chiropractic will just focus on that. Um, other versions of chiropractic use lots of, let's say, muscle testings, things like that to try to analyze where weaknesses are. Um, other versions of chiropractic are just strictly energy, which is uh, just essentially... Uh, even being able to visualize someone, you can feel heat readings off of them when there's dysfunction. Um, there's also lots of different tools sometimes people use to try to measure the, the uh, function of the nervous system, like thermographies, um, even uh, muscle testings, like they have electronic muscle testings where people can figure mm-hmm. out what's going on. So, yeah, many different approaches to, to ultimately the same goal, get the person's brain nervous system firing better, wiring together. And when that happens, health increases, right?
1: Yeah. And then initially, do you run into some of these same kind of misconceptions Zach was describing and or some others?
2: Abs- absolutely. Um, yeah. And as he said, it's actually easier to to communicate with someone that doesn't have previous, previous notions about what chiropractic is right. um, just because – Again, it's not, uh, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but uh, a lot of people are just associate chiropractic. Oh, headache, back pain, neck pain. So, so when you have some sort of musculoskeletal issue, oh, this is the pain doc. So yeah. trying to deprogram and or reprogram someone to be like, okay, uh, what are you doing when the pain goes away? Because pain's 5% of your whole neurology. So you're just focusing on 5% or do you want the other 95%? Because yeah. function is really where it's at. It's not, about, it's not about the pain. It's what the pain is keeping you from doing. You want to go play with your grandkids again or you want to go out and yeah. play softball, right? So, so trying to, trying to uh, alter someone's perception so that they can see a bigger picture when you're dealing with someone that does have pre, uh, preconceived notions of it. That's the challenge. Someone that's brand new to it, you can, you can basically say, hey, this thing, the, the brain controls the whole body, right? So if we help the brain function better, uh, your whole health is going to be better, right? It's a little bit more of an organic, easier conversation than someone that's stuck yeah. in, oh, you treat my back pain and headaches, right
1: (laughs) right right okay uh let's talk about me for a minute uh it's my favorite topic so i really am kind of on a health journey for i'd say about five weeks in now uh the result has been uh 12 plus pounds lost clothes fitting a lot better um you know i still have that little that little paunch, but nothing like i did and i didn't really go in my mind radical i Still enjoy, you know, a bourbon or a scotch, you know, a couple evenings a week. Not as much. Uh, I backed off the beer a lot because it seemed to have a real uh, impact on. On my gut, I walk a ton. And, and of course, I have walked quite a bit since I moved here, but I don't stop at every beer market every walk now (laughs) for that bit of uh, refreshment. But I think one of the biggest uh, moves that I've made, um, I was having a conversation. She wasn't on the show. We were just talking, but she came to the studio with Stacey Roby, who's in the Woodstock Business Club. And uh, she she has some real uh, knowledge and personal experience around this whole idea of, of functional medicine and, you know, food as medicine, I guess I would almost say. And so we got to talking. She was so helpful because she put it at stone level for me. And she said, you know, you, you might want to look at not so much process, not so much sugar, you know, and and, and maybe more whole foods. And I said, well, help me with that whole foods. And she said, if it has a mother or <laughs> comes out of the ground. So that's been like my guideline, right? Uh, and I've been eating a little bit less meat. So anyway, I've had some success and now I'm feeling momentum. So I'm encouraged, you know, like you, you get a little bit of, of, of momentum. Uh, so I'm, I'm thrilled. I feel better. Uh, you know, um, I don't know if I look any better, but my clothes fit better and, and, and I feel better about myself. I feel like I have more energy. My, question so I, I intend to continue on that path and, and and try to learn more and I'm reading books like on longevity like the blue zone and all this stuff um, what if any attention should I put uh, toward this domain like I, I'm not in any pain but is there is, is there potentially some value perhaps in visiting with, with someone in your line of work I don't know just to just to kind of do like a, a, a a baseline assessment or to tune some things up and um yeah anything either of you have to offer in, in that regard
2: do you uh do you feel as healthy as you could be
1: no 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 i absolutely absolutely not i i feel like i've made tremendous progress in five weeks time but i feel like there's no i, I can do 10 push-ups um and I could do five when I started, so you know. But no, the, the short answer to your question is no.
2: So if you if you're not feeling like you're as healthy as you can be, that's the brain, it's the neurology.
1: Okay,
2: there's in every single piece, so it doesn't matter whether I have I use five pillars uh, of health in my office. Mm-hmm. Nervous system, brain is pillar number one. Okay, mindset, pillar number two, nutrition, pillar number three. Exercise is pillar number four, and then detox and de-stress is pillar number five, right? But the reason brain and neurology becomes number one is because if your, let's say your brain isn't connected to your digestive system, mm-hmm. to your intestines and stomach, right? Is your intestines and stomach going to be taking in all the nutrition it could be? Does it know what nutrition it needs, mm-hmm. or is there some level of miscommunication, right? your muscles doing five push-ups to 10 push-ups, right? Most, most of that, believe it or not, was probably neurology training in the beginning huh? because your, your neurology sets all aspects of your life. And
1: day one, it was like, what are you doing, <laughs> <laughs> right? So <laughs> This is not us, don't.
2: To, to the point, they even have studies, again, where after an adjustment, athletes will get a 10 or 15% increase in their max weight. Huh. right after an adjustment. Wow. Be- because the brain is when you can't lift the weight, that's right. because your brain is telling you that you can't lift it. So if you wow. clear the communication between the muscle and the brain, Oh, now we got rid of some of that disease, some of that stress in that muscle. And now we got another 10 or 15% more.
1: Okay. Right? So your answer is an enthusiastic so, yeah. yes. If I'm serious <laughs> every, about this, every,
2: every part of your body, it starts at the brain and brain neurology. And okay. Yeah.
1: All right. Um, Zach, anything to add to that or any personal experience where you've kind of seen what he's describing come to come
3: to life? Yeah, there's no ceiling to optimization. So you can always further optimize. So it's a never ending journey. You know, it becomes this lifelong endeavor to continuously optimize the, the nervous system. And, you know, that's why we, I plan on doing, um, you know, monthly I just want to charge people monthly because I want them to be able to come in as ah. often as they can. And I want to charge a very fair amount, right. you know, because, uh, having a third party perspective, look to see if there's interference in the nervous system and then initiate a process of self-correction is something I think everybody would benefit from two times a week for the rest of their life. And if they've got something dynamic going on, maybe three or four times a week, but, um, especially with the, the low force technique that both Dr. Tom and myself do it you, you know, this concept of being over-adjusted or causing harm with adjustments, it's absolutely not possible with the the technique that we use. So, um, yeah, I think that on your healing journey, Stone, I think you would greatly benefit from regular chiropractic care. And I think Tom being in the region is a, you know, great chiropractor.
1: All right. <laughs> good, good option for you. <laughs> Fantastic. Sure. One more question. I'm not going to go too far down this road on air. Uh, I made off air, but I gotta believe this uh the work i 'm already doing and complemented with brain and, and, and nervous work and the detox stuff that you that you talked about on the other end as I envision it would certainly have uh potentially some real positive impact on libido love life that area of your life is that accurate
2: A- absolutely so so I kind of put uh, people in different levels depending on, on where they're mm-hmm. at, I'll say energetically, functionally. Mm-hmm. When your body is in a state of dis-ease, right, and it gets really bad, you don't have the energy to get out of bed, right? right. You're so you're so energetically locked that that even getting out of bed seems like a task, mm-hmm. right? Because most of your energy at that point is actually going into defending your body and essential, and trying its best to heal, but ultimately things are locked, things aren't flowing. So when you actually start to get rid of some of these uh, inefficient programs that this brain neurology is, we call them patterns in chiropractic, when you start to break some of these inefficient patterns, that frees up energy. Just like if you have 50 programs running on your computer and you, you know, take away 10 of them, your computer has more energy now. And what you do with that energy is your life. That's your quality of life. So now you can go out and walk, or eventually run, or eventually get to 100 push-ups. Who knows? So it's it's an evolution ultimately. And yes, the energetic body is really what dictates. Are you are you in a form of defense? What I call tran or um, discover, like mm-hmm. discovering your body and stuff like that. Or are you more a little bit more energetically efficient where you have some where we would be more in transform care is what we call it. So am I defended right now or do I have energy to play with and start creating my life? All right, so
1: it it does make sense, and uh, our next visit is going to be in your studio.
2: (laughs) Perfect, (laughs) and
1: and and we don't have to record it. (laughs) But uh, I'm looking forward to that. You've absolutely sold me. You got you got Zach Conner's endorsement. I don't know what else it would take to get someone to do something. (laughs) If Zach says to do it, Uh, Zach, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to explain to our listeners why it's okay to say this. I am so excited for you, and I am so proud of you. Uh, Zach, incidentally, Zach Connor is my nephew. His father's name is Rock, by the way. Mine is Stone. His father and I have actually worked together in the same company and it, it did create some interesting conversations when people would call that company and ask for Rock. Well, Rock's out to lunch, but Stone here, what can I do to help you? Uh, a, a Very dear uh, family member, I have watched Zach grow up and, I, and he really did it one time in a school play that uh, Holly and I attended uh, suggested that he wanted to be an army man bus driver he 's uh, he's since pivoted and is clearly now <laughs> going to go into this practice i 'm excited for you uh, I am really proud of, of you and, and i am so uh, i 'm so looking forward to to watching your your life and your career and your and your and your family uh, unfold. I don't know what might be appropriate at this uh, juncture, but I would love for people to be able to connect with you who might want to. And so I don't know if it's a LinkedIn, an email, what whatever, but uh, before we wrap, let's leave them with some uh, some point of, of, of contact for you, please.
3: Yeah. And I'm still building, you know, what's going to end up being my brand and wow, it's coming quick, December. Um, right now, the only, um, I think the best point to would be Dr. Zach Connor. On Instagram, so it's at D R Z A C H C O N N E R, and uh, once I finally get a website up and uh, LinkedIn and all that going professionally in the next year, a few months, it'll all be hosted on there. So,
1: and when you do that, if if you come to town and and you're seeing Rock and Lori or whatever, we can come back in the studio. But if not, we'll set up like a virtual interview and kind of do an update. I think I could be. We have like a whole series. Follow Zach.
3: That'd yeah. Great.
1: Well, it's been a delight having you in the studio, man. It's so good to see you. Good
3: to see you too, Tom. It's done.
1: <laughs> All right, Dr. Tom, uh, let's make sure that, that it's that it's easy for folks to come see you. Or maybe at this point, they just would like to have a brief conversation with you and explore s- some ideas. Uh, let's leave them uh, with, with a, a nice, easy way to connect with you, man.
2: Yeah. So uh, practice name is Genesis Center for Optimal Living. Um, it's genesisoptimalliving.com. Has my... Uh, phone number, uh, also email if that works for you, um, as best ways to get out. So yeah.
1: Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for bringing Zach. My pleasure. Uh, I, I really look forward to seeing your practice flourish and I'm quite sincere uh, on both counts. Uh, one having you back on the show sometime, I think that would be really interesting. It might even be fun, uh, perhaps to have a delighted client join you. Uh, and or market partner or, you know it, it strikes me that some of your market partners might be clients too but it might be fun to kind of explore how you guys work together to mutu- you know to mutually serve uh, a, a client so let's keep that channel open and I'm equally sincere I, I, I'm going to come see you because I'm quite serious about this journey and I, I've experienced enough early success that I don't want to I don't want to lose the momentum, man. Heck
2: yeah.
1: (laughs) All right. Hey, guys, uh, can uh, you hang out with us while we visit with our next guest?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) All right. Okay. Y'all ready for the headliner out there? Please join me in welcoming to the show with Gouda Residential Services, Miss Susan Gouda. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing fantastic. Thanks, Stone, for having me out.
1: Yeah. So, uh, So what'd you learn in that last segment?
0: Oh my goodness! There were so many. Uh, I, I believe very strongly in chiropractic, first of all. So that's, yeah, uh, it's fantastic. But there's so many analogies to living, just in looking at that that highway. You know that that spinal cord highway to communication, and in segueing into some of the things that are important to me in real estate. Believe it or not, I spent 28 years in um, in education. Actually, and people say, "Wow, education, real estate, really." <laughs> Oh, oh my goodness! There's so many connections to it, and the same thing when you're talking about body, then you talk about community. And why do we do what we do, and what's the value? And optimal living that involves the community as well. So going outside the body is super important. So I love I love the uh, practice of, a ch- of chiropractic and uh, what it does for body and mind, and um, and then I've been a performance athlete. Um, as well so using that to keep me going uh keep my body from breaking on the road has been very beneficial so thank you for what you do and what you bring to the table
1: uh, you're both sure. welcome guys and you know we don't charge people to come on the show but i think i may have to invoice you for that little clip <laughs> <laughs> i think that could be strong. nice work Susan. <laughs> all right so uh so uh, residential services what are the services and who are you serving
0: Wow, all of Metro Atlanta. I've lived in this area for 33 years now. It's hard to believe because I grew up moving every two years. So uh, that also impacts what I do now. But um, in residential services, I do um, full residential real estate. Uh, and in listing, I do all of the um, photography, videography, 3D video. And even in this market where, you know, you could basically just set a house for sale sign out and sell your house to optimize the selling of that house. I do everything I would have done in a buyer's market for that Mm -hmm. home and to market it because you want to get the best that you can for your clients. So I think that it's vitally important to do the same thing, knowing how well that goes and get as many eyes on those properties as possible. So, and then once, uh, I used to just do the videography for my own listings, but once COVID hit um, and the fear of actually being able to show properties and getting into people's homes, it became very uh, apparent that we needed that in the residential community or the uh, real estate community overall. And so I opened it up and Atlanta Real Estate Video Services uh, became a side of what I do and for other realtors because I know what I want When I market my property. So then I was able to open that up, which also gets my eyes out there on what the market is containing as well. So that's been helpful on both sides.
1: I'll bet. So, uh, outside looking in, your world just looks cray cray
0: to me right now. And, And vice versa. Inside looking out, it looks a little crazy too. Yes. Uh,
1: so both of my daughters, Zach's cousins have recently been engaged. They got engaged over the holiday. Uh, and they have both, they each now have a home under contract. Good. Uh, my youngest in Chattanooga's yes. got one. It's a little bit more of a, a fixer upper kind of thing, and they're all geared for doing that. And um, and then my oldest up in Washington D.C. has uh, has got one, and it's under contract. But the the oldest one in D.C. Uh, Katie. I, they must have gone after a dozen homes and not. And I mean, they were bidding what to me sounds like a ridiculous amount of money and they were bidding like more than the, the, what do you The asking the list price. price. Yeah. The yeah. list price. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: And that's very common. Um And so now it's, it's been a real transition in these last few, couple of years. And we thought last year was crazy. This year is even more. um Yeah. <laughs> great, great. Yeah, for sure. Um, and what I tell my buyers is, look, you've got – let's not look at the list price as the value of the home. Let's look at that as the marketing price because the way that you're listing homes is so totally different than what yeah. it used to be as well. Um, but the thing is, when you're looking at buying a home, it's always about what your goals are. Uh, so if your goals are to go in there and flip a home and get a quick profit, you may really want to be careful in the market that we're in right now. But if your goals are to – uh, go in, in there and hold property, I'd say five, seven years, you're still in a good place. It's, you know, this all turns, it comes out in the wash um, yeah. because like we bought a home um, last March. And it's already up over twenty percent in Sweet. value, and so now that's not going to necessarily happen year over year. We don't have a crystal ball to know exactly what. Can
1: you help going me pick happen. stocks too? I mean, sounds like it's like the magic touch, <laughs> well,
0: you know. And you know, and that's what a lot of a lot of the country has done. I mean, twenty one percent gains over the year have been pretty um, almost standard in many of the larger markets. And Metro Atlanta is one of those markets that, of course, we have. Hartsfield International Airport. So we've got so many of the global operations of of mega companies in Atlanta. And then, of course, we've turned into this entertainment capital as well. And that's been a huge thing. And so people are coming from all other areas of the country. And there's a lot of other factors as well. But people coming in from all other areas of the country, California. And when you're having to say, look, this $400,000 home that you're looking at here is totally different than the $400,000 home you were looking at in California. You do not have to put up with those things here. Uh-huh. You can get more for your money still here. And, but it's an equalizing – it's it's becoming equalized more so. Um, and so I don't see a big drift in, in prices going downward. But I do see a steady incoming because we've got interest rates that are changing, all of those things. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's not – I don't see it as a tremendously volatile market. Like I don't see it as a bubble, and that's a pretty broad. Um, yeah. uh, it, that's a popular understanding, sure. uh, and, and by economists and and others in the, in the industry, and uh, but it is. Uh, it is an interesting market. I tell you, I feel like I should wear a cape when we get to the offer table, when we get the closing table, not the offer table, goodness, uh, when we get to the closing table with a buyer. I feel like, oh, we won the deal. <laughs> and, uh, and recently, I actually had somebody close on a property under list price with closing costs included.
1: Wow, you do wear a cape.
0: Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> hey, but let's
1: do, let's, let's get kind of tactical here for a minute. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's, um, let's share some pro tips if we could for, yeah. to help a, a buyer compete in this market. Yeah. Know, yeah.
0: Yeah. And it really depends. I mean, it's important to have a realtor who really, uh, has a good network of other realtors to get along with. Uh-huh. Uh, you, you see it as a competition, but it really isn't so, It's really a matter of creating win-win for our clients. We are all looking out for our clients. And so it's very important that we have good communication with other realtors. So for my buyer, when I'm with a buyer, I will go to the realtor. The first thing I do, what is important to your client? So we can strategize because it's not necessarily we need to close in eight days and we need to, you know, have no contingencies. Uh, offers, I, you know, for my listings, I put them on a spreadsheet. So I know it's nice to work both sides of it because I know what we're looking for, and you want somebody who's motivated. So you want to show that motivation. Now I don't get too much into the, the letters and those sorts of things because fair housing is a big deal, and you want to make sure that it, everything is on the up and up. And I, so I, you know, but it is important to show that the client is very motivated personally to own that home uh, mm. because they may you might get an offer this outrageous offer maybe. Um, non-committed sort of in- investor type offer, which right. the, some investor offers are great and some investor offers, they're just throwing a lot of them out there. You get a lot of them right away and maybe they're low ball or maybe they're just really ridiculously high, but you know, they're not going to stick. So, you know, it's uh, helping my client to get to the top of the offer pile. I It's a combination of, um, you know, finding out what's important, asking the questions to both my client and and the uh, seller of the property, Mm -hmm. and then strategizing with my lender or the lender that they have chosen to use, um, you know, outside of that, if they have their own already, uh, to be able to get, you know, appraisals done quickly, to get to close quickly if that's the necessity, uh, and to be able to use uh, a variety of different um, lending tactics. So things like ribbon are out there, and that is something where... They can come in with a full cash deal uh, and and make it look like a full cash deal instead. And so it's a a through way for people to get their lending. And Ribbon is the one that stands up for that and gives the cash for that. Um, There are other uh, avenues where you take uh, somebody who may have a 20% down Mm -hmm. um, uh, for their, they've got the cash, to put 20% down, fabulous. Well, if they're going to have to have an appraisal gap and that's, you know, that's in this market, that's an important thing to have in an offer. Then you can write that appraisal gap in comfortably by e- eating into a little bit of that down payment, mm. but then they can upfront pay their, their PMI, which is the, the first, you know, the, when you're below 20%, that insurance that you have to have that, you know, kind of ups the, the monthly payment for right, a while right. there. But you can upfront pay that. If you've got that, you know, then then it's just one pet price, and then you can go in and say, well, I've still got that same monthly mortgage, and people, you know, think, oh, well, this ten thousand dollars is going to cost me so much. But the $10,000 per month over the course of a 30-year mortgage is not much at all. Of course, it depends on the interest rates and all of that. And what I say to people all the time is, look, it's it's not just the bottom line house price. It's the bottom line plus interest. And, of course, that's playing a part in people's ability to buy right now as well.
1: Yeah. So you mentioned how important other realtors are. Yeah. Um, what about uh, lenders? I, I guess you you have marvelous relationships. Those are critical, right?
0: Absolutely. And really in any area of the market that touches home ownership. So my vendor relationships are very important. Um, having people that I can, you know, with, People come to me all the time asking me, do you know somebody who does windows or does siding or painting? or?" And I want to be able to give them a good, solid resource. So I don't just yeah. throw those names out there. Those are relationships that are, uh, I need proof in the pudding before I'll give a name out. And uh, so but the lenders I work with and the closing attorneys I work with, all of those are people that I have worked with and trust to bring, to do the best by my client, right. to handle the and to s- communicate well with them and to get them to the closing table without as, you know, as little stress as possible in the home buying process. Can't say without stress at all, but, you know, <laughs> buffer it.
1: <laughs> so you mentioned like letters or that kind of thing. So is, whether it's through a letter or just through conversation that you equip your realtor to have with the other realtor, do, do things like, hey, we're a, a young family and do, like, does that yeah, help at that, all? You
0: know, the, the thing about that is you got to be very careful. I am very careful. The, the, different realtors do it different ways. Right. But um, integrity is everything. Right. And I don't want anybody to ever question why we chose one offer over another based on anything to do with family structure or oh, okay. you know fair housing practices ah. that's never that's never the case right, and I don't want there to be any questions, so generally speaking, when somebody says, "Hey, I've got this cover, this letter from my client, I will not pass it along until after an offer is accepted okay uh, I just don't want the questions about yeah, that yeah. and like I said, integrity is extremely important but
1: being very clear about what the client needs and wants you got to do that before you can do your job your job properly
0: right and when i send in a listing uh, or set up a listing in the mls i put everything in there so i'll put in there all the upgrades that have been done to the property i'll put in every detail of everything to make the offer as easy as possible but i also put in the priority list of the seller Um, And then once the uh, bids have come in, I've learned that it's really important also to communicate back with the realtor to let their buyer know kind of where they fell, not directly like this is the number and that is the number. It is These are the numbers of offers that came in at this point over asking. These are the numbers of offers that came in, you know, at at, at different areas and uh, with contingency, without contingency, with appraisal gap, without, so that they learn to write a better offer. And so that because, you know, it's uh, in this market, we do have as realtors, we have to combat uh, the thinking that we're trying to get more out of the commission. And I would rather take a a person. It's to me, it's not transactional. It's very much relational and um, in in with all of my clients. I that's what I, that relationship.
1: That's what I think I'm learning in this conversation. This world is far more relationship oriented, relationship dependent. I I guess I had it in much more of a transactional frame, but I can see where you're going to be working with that realtor again. So you're equipping her to help her client. And that, even if you don't end up in, in that particular deal there's three more coming down the pike this year right and and you need to have that good good relationship
0: absolutely absolutely yeah. and with the realtor and with my clients i mean i'm I'm building a referral based business, right. so um that's imperative. I have tried other means of of creating lead generation, but right. the one that speaks mostly to me are the people who i really that of course know and and trust me sure and um and that can really help to. To not just go from A to B, but to do all of the pro- and the turns, twists, and turns in the process getting from A to B.
1: <laughs> so, so referrals. Uh, some would come from people who are buying and selling houses. I'm sure had a great experience. Yeah. Uh, more, I would think, maybe from. Uh, other realtors or lenders or um,
0: it's sometimes in, in realtors out of the area of course okay and, you know right. or if you know if they don't do business on the north side northwest right. side and of you atlanta to talk, to they, susan. Right, you talk to susan that's uh you know and i've even had realtors go in with their client on the buy side into to one of my listings and say oh man this is going to be fantastic susan good is doing this and this is going to be a great property to look at. Nice. So that's, I mean, that's what you want. That's what the well, sort sure. of reputation you want to have out there.
1: And then, like lenders, do they like the lenders other can as well. Folks? It's
0: not why I choose lenders, um, right. so, but it is. Um, you know, you develop that relationship. You you yeah. uh, send people their way. I do preferred lenders a lot of times in my with my listings because I know that they are good, solid lenders, and right. the people they're approving are not just. Um, they're pre-approved not just pre-qualified right so
1: oh, well, yeah. did, I, I want to I'll jump to something else in just a yeah. moment but listen sure. but since you brought it up let's make that distinction
0: pre-approved okay. uh, pre pre-approved they've gone through several of the um, uh, the paperwork you know okay. uh, the proof of their income and
1: it's not uh, like they're a radio yeah. host. they probably have like real jobs
0: you know <laughs> <laughs> with documentable <Or> income. <laughs> income right okay <laughs> got it yes um, but uh, a pre Pre-qual is, hey, this is what I make. And they just kind of type it in. They're not doing a lot of actual having to prove their income or, you know. And so you might go out to, you know, some online company and just type in a number and you get uh, an automatic response. Yeah, you're pre-approved for this a much. But then you get into <laughs> it and it's like, yeah, that's, that's not real true. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> so. All right. So, um Let's talk a little bit more about this other work, this video, this photography. You talked a little bit about the, the, the catalyst to switch. You just saw the need. You knew what you needed and wanted. So is this, I mean, are you doing this two, three, four days a week? Or are you doing it ad hoc? How's that?
0: Yeah. And it, I really have developed relationships with realtors again to right. like to use my services for what I do provide there because I can provide a full site plan and, um, and floor plan. Um, you know, some, some realtors decide that because it's such a seller's market, you know, they may not want to go to mm-hmm. the full extent there. But I think there's tremendous value in it, based, especially when I'm working with my buyers to see, to be able to actually walk through. It also brings in people from other areas of the country. So, because right, they, they can look they at, can at it look from at a distance. That's right. Or people who are comfortable. And they can see a video immunized.
1: or pictures. Describe again, like, what, what so, I might see if I saw some Susan Gouda work. Right.
0: Well, what you would see, and I'm Atlanta Real Estate Video Services, ATLRealestateVideoServices.com, so you can see some of the samples there. But, um, the, um, the 3D video, it's like a walkthrough. You you can look from any side. You can measure walls. You can measure. Cool. Uh, yeah, you, you can put your furniture in there, you know, basically. And uh, and you can get up close and real personal to, uh, like, the water heater. How old is that really? You know, if, if you get the right angles, you can yeah. get all of that information as well. So that's really beneficial because you it's, it really truly is like you're walking through. Not like it, it is, and so it's very detailed. It's a, it's a Matterport uh, 3D tour, um, and then the photos. I, you know, I actually have learned to take the photos with the Matterport so that that um, in the angles that need to be done, so that it's not strange and. So this is see, a yeah. uh,
1: this is a professional tool Camera. or suite of tools that you use to, to yes. capture photography and video in a way that's going to really lend itself to right and adjust
0: lighting way. and all of those things to make sure that it's it, it comes. That you can see everything in its in yeah. clarity, and clarity. And, uh, and it shows the true size of a room as best as possible. Trying to get the entire room, as you know, and so yeah, I mean I love it. It gives me a creative outlet. Sure. As far as how often I do it, I did it a lot when COVID first hit, uh-huh. and now I have kind of uh, I'm very very busy with my real estate business and um but so it's I flexible like fix, that right yeah, you can you it. can kind of
1: squeeze the balloon if oh you, yeah if
0: you really need business on
1: that side you just call up people and say you know we were going to buy that house but your photos suck so yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i just happen to know certain no, <laughs> hey i'm a marketing guy i got all kind of ideas you know
0: <laughs> well you see a lot of houses out there that are underlisted just because they think oh it's a seller's market they'll buy whatever Uh, They they won't really still buy whatever. They they still are going to be picky about what they buy, and you're not going to get the top dollar that you could get.
1: So early in the conversation, we touched on a little bit, but I could sense in you a a genuine affinity um, for community.
0: Yeah, thank you for that. Thank you for bringing that into the conversation because uh, that's my heart. Um, I You know, I mentioned that I had been in education. I owned a Montessori preschool oh. uh, for 21 years, and I home-educated my children for a lot of their schooling as well. Um, community, uh, where we thrive. I, and there's been so many changes in the way that we do things and the way we choose homes uh, based on the community. It's wow. um, because people are not tied into their office so much anymore. So, right. They, um, yeah, they are able to choose their homes based on wh- what they love to do, and if they can create a community that's live, work, play, hmm. something that's very healthy, um, and you know, health minded. Uh, I, I love this area and where I am in Woodstock in that I can walk. I can walk from my home to Woodstock down the Woodstock Pass and by the Noonday Creek and, you know, and and have a So we're
1: neighbors. Holly and I bought a a little patio home right here on the edge of town. Ips is my first lily pad
0: Oh, when I'm walking to town. I love it. I love it. I love (laughs) it. I love the fact that we can, I mean, it it really is kind of like, I'm going to really age myself, but it's like cheers. You know, everybody knows your name. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, but, um, and that's so important to walk down the street. And I have lived in another community for 30 years Mm. and I never felt that sense. Sense of 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 closeness. I mean yeah. there's so many in the community. Well if you can create that sense of live work play in a community and have enough events and have enough feeling that um I used to run a um a magazine and I'd like to really get that started again honestly. You just
1: you can't hold you know. down a job here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah, so uh, so the magazine.
1: What would be the the concept for that?
0: The the concept is and and was and was fully embraced is uh, really highlighting the stories of people. Oh, fun. Um, and so there was a lot of diversity. Uh, enabled there because people that you wouldn't normally necessarily have a conversation with, were telling their Mm -hmm. stories. And Mm -hmm. um, I think that some of that also allowed for differences of views that were able to be embraced because you understand the backstory behind it. And if, if, boy is, you know, we're so polarized, it would be really nice uh, to live in a world where we could really not necessarily agree with everybody. That's not the, that's not the key, but listen, Let's listen to the stories. And how about these people who are making that pebble drop difference? They're just living their lives. They live their lives giving. That's who they are. Let's highlight those people and let's change the way we think about our world. So if we, if we highlight these people, and one of the questions I really love, my favorite one, was, you know, who's the most interesting person you have met here and who would you nominate for this magazine? And uh, because immediately <laughs> they would look up and they would think, oh, I know this person who lives that, that way and that person. And they'd give me a whole long list of people Funny. that live that way. And, um, and then they, we all leave just feeling like, you know the angels are singing in the background the world is lovely and <laughs> skies are blue and you know and and really i think we are more good than we we are not and i think that we need to remember that that we we really do thrive by understanding the, the stories of others
1: amen you know. <laughs> what a delight to have you come and join us Thank this you. morning this is this is marvelous. Thank you so much. Let's make sure our listeners have, know how to get in touch with you uh, on, on all those fronts with respect to the the, the real estate and the um, the video and the photography. Okay. And maybe if they want to have a conversation with you, help you get this magazine. Yeah. Uh, re- rekindled. So let's leave them with some points of contact. All right.
0: Fantastic. Well, my. Um my email, if I ever forget that, then I'm in big trouble. It's Susan at Susan Gouda. It's S-U-S-A-N-G-U-D-A dot com. It's Susan at Susangouda.com. And then my website is Susangouda.com. dot uh, So that's pretty easy for me to remember. And um, my, my phone number is 678-754-7977. And uh, yeah, call me anytime. I, I answer my phone. I answer
1: my phone. Well, keep up the good work. We're going to continue to follow your story, and and don't be a stranger. And uh, I'll have my my eyes up and my ears open when I'm walking around town. I'll be I'll probably notice you more often now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is Stone Payton for our guest today, and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you next time on Cherokee Business Radio.